Hello and welcome to the Equiline Podcast. This is Dr. Wendy Corin. And this is Dr. Dave Lundquist. And today we're going to talk to you about perspective, mechanistic versus vitalistic. And this has been something that's been going on probably, I think, since the 1800s where they first talked about mechanism and vitalism. And the concept of those two explains our medical system. Because there was a choice of going mechanistic. In other words, can I take this down to the smallest part, figure out how it works, and fix it? And it's what people want. What is my diagnosis? Can you put it in a nutshell? How exactly long is it going to take me to recover? Because there's a belief system that there is a finite problem with a finite solution and that there is a mechanism to achieving the goal for that particular issue. There are many people who follow that path. Yeah. And then there's the thing called vitalism. And vitalism is really about... Uh, in the chiropractic world, we call it an innate intelligence, an, an overall uh, universal law that controls and, and designs and coordinates life. I mean, inside your body, you have 25 to 40 trillion cells that all work together to form this body that creates your immunity, that creates your ability to speak, that creates your ability to move, see, do things and function and digest food, all of that is what we call part of a vitalistic mechanism, which it takes all the parts working together. Because the thing about trying to apply a mechanism to the human body is you can't take it down to its smallest part. We haven't found the smallest part. We talk about subatomic particles that we mathematically understand. But we can't see them. But we can't see them. <laughs> so we have, don't really know how they affect and work with our body. And this, so when you get down to the cell, the cell is not the smallest part of the organism. The cell has many pieces that are involved inside of that that make it function. And science doesn't know how to do that. And you think about mechanism, because they use mechanism to cure disease. The interesting thing is... There's never been a cured disease. There hasn't. They can, they can, they haven't eradicated any disease. Smallpox still exists. Ah, I thought you meant within the individual. So I was no, no, looking at yes. him confusedly, just so you know. Yes, yes. <laughs> they, they've been able to get rid of symptomatology. But as far as cure, I mean. Eradicate. I mean, eradicate, okay, eradicate is a, is a okay, more appropriate let, Let's word. talk about the telephones. How many telephones are on out there? Jerry Lewis and his telephone went on for how many years? Have they cured muscular dystrophy? The, the thing is that we don't know, and that is a very uncomfortable feeling for most humans. Everybody wants an answer, the answer. And for all of you who've had any particular problem, and know of somebody else with that same particular problem, you're response to therapies are different because there is an individual vitalistic piece of the puzzle that will not show up under a microscope. And so how I might react to a same therapy as Dave or as you or as uncle, aunt, whatever, and 
So this is, this is not to say that we don't keep using that as a model. It's to say it's a piece of the puzzle. And when you, you'll, if you know me, you know I'm going to say everything causes everything. Because the truth of the matter is we keep looking until we find the solution for that individual, horse, dog, you guys can have the humans. <laughs> Doesn't work that way because we all, we're, we're going to see humans no matter what because we have to balance the team. Well, this is true. But when we're, when we're dealing with a vitalistic approach to equine, we're saying that you have to look at the whole. Then you have to look at the parts. Then you have to look at the interaction between the whole and the parts. Then you have to look at how the outside world influences that. Then you have to look at how the inside world influences its reaction to the outside world. Because all of you with a horse know that its personality affects your ability to handle issues with it. And... And it depends on the food that it's taking in because that changes the internal environment, which can change the healing process. There's so much about that we don't understand because you can have two people with the same thing and give them the same thing and not have the same results. And why is that? Because that's a vitalistic issue, not a mechanistic issue. And it's, it's very, I, I think, eye-opening and... and um, uncomfortable to know that there's more to this world than we understand, that there's more possibilities than anybody. We, we talk about the difference between a diagnosis and a sentence. If somebody tells you they, you have X weeks to live, or somebody tells you that you are going to heal in you know, three months, most of our clients in the human world go, yeah, watch me. And six weeks later, they're back to performance level. Why? Because the attitude affects the altitude. The attitude is part of the vitalistic, vitalistic system within your body, your dog's body, your horse's body. And as any veterinarian will tell you, your cat is able to heal in a magical way if you just get out of their way. So. Each species has their own way of interacting within the world in a healthful or harmful manner. Yeah, and it's interesting because science is basically learning this as they go along and, and trying to influence it into medicine because a look at a lot of the things that they're using now, like stem cell instead of, instead of a drug because a drug is a breakdown of chemicals that they add to your body that hope they, they hope your body accepts and does what they think it's going to do, which... And do more good than harm. Yes, which if you read side effects from the medications, you realize that's, that's an issue. Well, and, the, and that whole concept, you know, the concept of the side effects of the drug. Step back. Drugs don't know what they're doing you know, unless you want to give consciousness to drugs, and that's the idealistic, and you can take that on another podcast. In fact, they have actions, and the actions we ascribe good or bad, effect or side effect, they're all effects. We take the ones we like, and we say this drug is used for this, and we take the things we don't like and say these are the side effects. 
You might as well say, this will help you fight this and it'll make you vomit. Equal effects, right? So it's perspective that uh, colors and gives you the uh, complexity. And right now, Dave and I are reading Notes on Complexity by Neil Thies, and I, my brain is so happy because in understanding that things being complex gives you beginnings and places to start and ways to have conversation so that a more viable way to help your horse, your dog, yourself emerges from these conversations as opposed to the mechanistic way, which is, here's reality, get used to disappointment. Yeah, and when you're looking towards, towards a vitalistic approach, you realize that anything can help, from mental stimulation, to exercise, to... Nutrition. Nutrition, all those things work together, and uh, it just reminds me of uh, we were teaching for Bayer one time, and and there was and we were working with people that developed drugs. That's what they did. They developed drugs. And there was a gentleman in the back of the room one time, and he he raised his hand and says, I, I, "I'm not going to participate in the next few exercises you guys do because I've got a headache and I, I want to go home and take my herbs." Here's the guy that develops medications. And I asked him, I said, that's interesting. You're going to back and take herbs. Why don't you take the drugs you make? He says, I know what those drugs can do, and I know where they came from. So I'd rather take the source of the drug than the drug itself. Now, interestingly enough, he didn't leave. Yes. And we were doing some... Um, opening exercises to utilize more of your brain and more of your body. And we did some dancing and we did some mirroring. And by the time, it wasn't even half an hour, that he participated outside of his mind and more vitalistically, he looked at us and went, well, I don't have to leave. That focus on his headache turned to a focus outside of himself and he was able to move forward. So it's sometimes mechanism is really understand because you do have to understand the function of a specific organ in order to do the best we can do in the moment. You want to know how your liver livers and you want to know how your lung breathes and you want to know about exchange and everyone wants to understand probabilities understanding that that's just a portion of what's possible. Because we don't really know. We don't really know how all those things 100% function. We have a good idea of how things work, but you notice every year they come up with a new idea or a new concept, and that's been the, the problem in mechanistic medicine for a long time is they never really have the answer. And it's, they've always come down on chiropractors as, well, you have to prove, prove vitalism and the whole innate intelligence thing. Well. You know, maybe it's not always up to us to approve it. Maybe see if you could disprove it. And the problem is they couldn't disprove it either. And the other problem was they couldn't really prove their mechanistic approach either. Mechanism works great with a machine because you can take a machine down and have all these parts, put it back together, and it works again. 
Well, well, most we, of it, some of us. Sometimes. <laughs> I, I personally could take things apart very easily. The putting them back together again yeah. is way outside my personal expertise. But when we talk about when something doesn't fit a mechanistic model, they call it a glitch. They call it a, an abnormality as opposed to saying this is a different normal. That when I personally healed from something that was um, unhealable, they said, well, that's, you, maybe you didn't have it in the first place, as opposed to maybe it's possible for us to rewrite our circuitry given the proper ingredients. And we've seen that in dogs where they're, you know, the, the veterinarian was saying, you know, you've only got a few weeks and two years later, this dog comes trotting in because it overcame that specific sentence. And so the point in understanding the difference between mechanism and vitalism, and there's more than that. There's, there's idealism, where the idea that the universe has all this information and the way we look at it is the information that we have. And when you change perspective, you change input. So the idea here is know that there's more than you know, be open to data, and understand that it is not a good, bad, right, wrong, that there are multiple perspectives that when you take all this information in, when you say, I broke my ankle, that is mechanistic. And you can identify which bone is broken, and you can then make your best choice on how to heal it and understand that there's more than one way, that there are people who heal quickly and people who don't heal because their body doesn't have the right ingredients. It's not the diagnosis that's right or wrong, it's that it is only a piece of the giant human animal uh, perspective and... Yeah, it comes down to the person or the animal, how they heal. I mean, the healing is controlled by their innate intelligence, by their own internal biological workings. So that's what's make the difference. I mean, we can, we can reset the bone, but the bone has to heal. I mean, I've had many people with non-union fractures. They put the bone back close together, but then the bone doesn't heal. Why does the bone not heal? What outside influence can we do to create better healing? The, the nutrition, the the muscle stems, the you know, so many different help vib or hurt? vibration. Uh, uh, now everybody's working about peptides. It's interesting that a lot of the new type of quote, quote, cures are things that are actually live cell stuff. Things that are actually part of your body already. They're just adding more to it. Yeah. And, and being you know, often when people come out of school, they've learned what passes tests. They've learned what they can identify under a microscope because this is what's easily verifiable. And then you get into real life. And real life isn't always easily verifiable. And everyone wants to mechanistically, why does your horse spook? It spooks because X. Well, it may be, as Dr. Sue said, on beyond zebra. And we go by the quote, most people stop at the Z, but not me. Always looking for 
new input to improve output. Always looking for how else can we look at this to get the best results possible. And anytime you're looking for definitive answers, understand that you're asking for a lie. And if it's a lie that makes you happy, good, because happiness heals. Yeah. And, and the diagnosis just narrows your focus. Because once you get a diagnosis, then you don't look outside of what the treatment is for that diagnosis. Oh, I love it when I asked somebody one time, do you think it's more knee or more ankle? And their answer was, well, I only look at ankles. So if you only look at ankles, you will never see a problem in the visual field or in the elbow or anywhere else. So know what you're best at, but have, have a community that helps add information and doesn't tell you but invites you into a conversation to add more data so that you can have a better guess at what your best path is. Yeah. And we invite you to go, go online and look for mechanism versus vitalism so you get a different perspective, a different perspective on how things in the universe function. And then take it all with a grain of salt. <laughs> this is Dr. Wendy Corin. This is Dr. Dave Lundquist. And this has been an Equiline podcast.